friends, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you feel out of control? Maybe you are so worried that as a mom or dad, you've blown it with your kids. Or have you ever been so frightened that you can't get through to your kids or you can't change a situation that you don't know what to do. Maybe you're really, really angry at yourself or your kids. You're so mad, you don't even wanna talk to God about it. I've been through that. I was so mad at God a number of years ago when my mom died that I said to him, I don't mean to be rude here, but I am rude, but we're not on speaking terms right now. I'm sorry. And the reason I said it is because I felt it. And if I felt it, he knew it. So you might as well just say it out loud, right? But in his grace, he followed me. And after some months, we started talking again. I have felt that horrible feeling, even as a parent, that we're helpless in a situation. If you haven't felt it to date, you don't have a 16-year-old who's driving. Talk about feeling helpless. Put that kid in a car with a driver's license. If you've never prayed before, you're going to start praying because that kid's going to drive out the driveway and you don't know where they're going to drive 30 miles down the road or 90. You can give them airbags and a safe car and put snow tires on in the, in the winter time, but still your heart is behind the steering wheel of a car and there's nothing you can do about it. We all find ourselves as parents in situations where we're scared or we've done something really awful to our kids or maybe we've just yelled too much and we thought, this is it, this is it, I've wrecked my kids. I have a friend who has a great sense of humor. Many years ago, her daughter's 16 and came to her and told her that she was pregnant. Well, my friend was beside herself. She thought, what did I do wrong? I have tried so hard to be a really good parent. They talked a lot. They had great conversations. They were very close to one another. And she had brothers who were very good to her. And she thought, as all parents do, when her child was in a situation that wasn't good, she thought, what have I done? The truth is, she hadn't done anything. But it didn't matter because she was blaming herself anyway and that's what we parents do so she went for a walk on the beach and she said here's what i'm going to do god she started talking to god and she said here's what i'm going to do i am going to start the worst mothers in america club and i'm going to find every awful murder that i can find and i'm going to call his mother and ask if she wants to join my worst mothers of america club and I started to tick off names of murderers that I have heard of in the news and made a list and I thought I could give their mothers a call. When all of a sudden I heard God say to me, now she didn't hear a voice in the sky, but she heard God say to me, hold on a minute, I'm the perfect God. And look at my kids, you're not doing so well either. And in that moment she realized it was okay to be out of control. Feeling out of control as a parent is awful. And I don't know how you might be feeling out of control with your kids, or maybe you never felt that way. If you've never felt that way, hold on, you will. 
And if you don't with your own kids, you certainly will with your grandkids. It is not comfortable, but every one of us, either in our personal life or with our parenting or with our business, comes to a point where you feel your back is against the wall and there's nothing you can do. It feels almost immoral. Like we shouldn't have to feel that way because we're humans and we grew up being told we can do anything we want to do. Well, who sh who came up with that phrase? Because we can't do anything we want to do. Well, here's the good news for all of us. The Bible tells us that there was one who understood exactly how we feel. No, I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm not talking about God. Even though he knows how we feel, I'm talking about a parent. I'm talking about Mary. I'm talking about a 14-year-old kid who gets how you feel. When we read about the birth of Jesus or before Jesus is born, take a look at what happened to Mary. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That sounds great, doesn't it? She didn't feel great. It says Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You'll be with a child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Well, I don't know about you, but if I were 14 and I were living in that day and I was pregnant and I was married, I would be pretty scared. Well, we know that Mary was scared, but after a while, imagine this. Mary didn't only say thank you to God, she wrote a song and she sang to God, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Let me tell you, friends, it is a very good thing that God chose Mary and not me to be his mother, because if he would have chosen me, we would not have had Jesus. I find comfort in the fact that Mary struggled feeling out of control and feeling ashamed and feeling afraid and feeling uncomfortable. And yet she not only survived, she went on to have a great but painful life. How in the world did this happen? How in the world did this little kid go through an excruciating experience and feel happy when she was completely out of control. As I talk about Mary in the next few moments, think about a time in your life as a mom or a dad where you felt completely out of control with your kids. It doesn't have to be over something big where you're living with a child who has a chronic illness or who has a life-threatening illness. Maybe you just feel out of control because your kid just started driving or because your kid won't sleep at night, or because your child has 
temper tantrums that just go on and on and on. It doesn't matter. Feeling out of control is feeling out of control. It's a very uncomfortable feeling. If you feel that, you need Christmas. You need Emmanuel. A number of years ago, I was with uh, a few other doctors and we went on a medical mission trip to Dominican Republic. And part of our trip meant getting on a bus in the morning, this rickety old school bus, and driving far into the countryside and setting up a quote-unquote medical clinic, which basically meant going into an empty cement building, finding a bench and putting some of our equipment on the bench and then setting up at the other end of a room all of the medications that we were able to bring with us. And then people would come in and they would see us one by one. And for those of us like me who didn't speak Spanish, we had interpreters. And it sounds wonderful. And in many ways, it was wonderful. But in many ways, it was horrible. Because in those days, every single one of us experienced a feeling of complete helplessness. One evening at the end of our day, I was riding back on the bus with a colleague and I looked over to him and he was starting to cry. And I said, are you all right? And he said, no. And he said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I don't know why I came. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, when I saw a lady today and I realized that I'd come all this way thinking that I could help her and realizing there was nothing I could do. And I waited and I knew that he would tell me the story. And he said, a beautiful woman came into the clinic today complaining of stomach pain. And I thought, well, this is going to be fairly easy. I'll figure out what she has. I'll give her her medicine. And off she goes. And I asked her all the regular questions and she kept saying, no, I don't have that. No, I don't have that. And I finally came to a point where she looked at me and said, I have no food. And I realized at the end of our time together, there were two reasons that she was having abdominal pain. The first was that she was starving. And the second was that she was living with a boyfriend who was beating her up and that she was had some broken ribs. And he said, in that moment, I felt impossibly small. He said, as a man, I had nothing to give her as a doctor or as a man. He said, I didn't have food to give her, and there was no medicine I could give her, and I couldn't even go to her hut and have a chat with her boyfriend and tell him to stop beating her. There's nothing I could do. This is dumb. To come and believe that there's something we can give people when there's nothing that we really can. So we rode the rest of the way home that evening. And the next morning, we got on the bus and we went and we did the same thing over and over. And both of us went into a state where we really had to do some soul searching as to why we were there. And we realized at the end of the trip that we struggled because we had so much pride. We believed that as doctors and humans, we had something to give and we didn't. But what we could give to these people was 
the presence of God. We could tell these people about Emmanuel. We came that far not to give them medicine or give them something great that we had. We came to show them that God could be with them, that God was with them. And that's all we could give. We could give them Emmanuel. Well, I need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back to my special Christmas program. Friends, as parents, every one of us comes to a point where we will look at our child and we will say, I don't know what to do. I don't have the ability at this moment to influence what you're going to do. And that feels completely opposite of how we believe we're supposed to feel as parents. We are told as parents that we can do certain things to make our kids turn out right. And there are a lot of things that we can do to help our kids. Don't get me wrong. But at some point, we will come to the understanding that we are limited in what we can give our kids. There is a point when we must surrender our pride and say, God, you need to take over because I can't do this. And hopefully, friends, that comes sooner rather than later. Because when we begin to parent from God's strength and understand that God is there and he can rectify the situation and we can't, then we're parenting really well. But I can guarantee you as a parent that there will come a time where you will feel that life is beyond your control. I recently interviewed a beautiful young girl. Her name is Emma Benoit, and we recorded it as a podcast. So you need to hear Emma's story. So pay attention on my website to when we're going to air the podcast about Emma. When Emma was 16 years of age, she started experiencing depression, and she doesn't really know why. From the outside, she looked like a great kid. She was 16. She was successful. Um, she was on the cheerleading team. And she said, I don't think anybody really knew how much pain I was in because I didn't know how to express my feelings. And I really couldn't even tell my parents. And she said, I thought about committing suicide. Listen to this, parents. Not because I wanted to die, but because I wanted to escape my pain. And she said, one day when nobody was home, I decided to try to commit suicide and I shot myself in the chest. And the minute I shot myself and it was a done deal, I realized I don't want to die. I don't want to die. But it was a little bit too late, I thought. And in that moment, I was very, very scared and I said to her as I started to sob, hearing this beautiful now young adult tell me this story, how in the world did you make it? And without skipping a beat, she said to me, God, God saved me in that moment. This little kid knew the minute she pulled the trigger that God saved her because she felt him say or heard him say or however that happens today, you're not going to die. 
And I began to cry harder because I imagined how his, her mother was going to feel walking into her house, seeing her beautiful daughter lying on the floor, bleeding. And even though I'd never been in that situation, I could begin to try to feel how it must have felt for her mother to be so out of control and to feel so helpless. And lo and behold, of course, Emma pulled through and she did get to the hospital. And after two months, after rehabilitation, she went home paralyzed and she's paralyzed today to understand that around the corner of her suicide attempt, even around the corner of her being paralyzed, something miraculous was going to happen. Her story hadn't been completely written. One day, you and I will each understand at the point where we are out of control that our story hasn't been completely written. And I hope for you, friends, that you will understand when you're feeling so out of control. Maybe you're a dad who is divorced and has never spent a Christmas without his kids. And this Christmas is your first experience of that. Or maybe you're a parent who's lost a loved one recently and you're still in the throes of grief and you're angry that Christmas is coming and you're really not on speaking terms with God. Or maybe you just found out that your kid is on drugs or your kid has a chronic illness or your kid ran away or whatever it is. You're not so happy that Christmas is here because it's really hard for you to feel the joy that you really want to feel. If you're in that situation, you need Christmas. You need Emmanuel. You need to know that God is with you. Why do I say that? Because Mary, the mother of Jesus, knew and lived Emmanuel. She lived with God, in front of her, beside her, behind her. She literally absorbed God. Her life was God. Her life was raising God, if you can imagine. Her life was being with God when she was afraid and when she felt helpless and when she felt hopeless. She lived with God in her confusion and her agony and she survived. And I think that on some level, in her hurt, as she raised this perfect person, she knew when she felt hopeless, the end of the story hadn't come. Mary not only suffered confusion and fear and hurt as she was raising Jesus, at the end of his life, she experienced the ultimate pain that any parent can feel. After she raised this perfect person, this perfect boy, 
who was kinder and more thoughtful and more patient and more loving than any human being, including herself, that she had ever known when she saw that man as a young adult walk up Calvary, falling down because of the weight of his cross, in shock because he was losing so much blood, and she followed him. How do you think the woman felt? Did God say to her, don't worry, Mary, he's going to come off the cross and everything's going to be okay in three days? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, I'm not a theologian and I'm not a pastor. I'm just a person who loves to read the Bible. So maybe he did, but I don't think so. So what did she know when she felt complete agony, complete helplessness, and complete hopelessness? Mary looked at the cross and I believe in that moment, Staring at Jesus on the cross, she knew Emmanuel. She knew that God was with her. She knew that God was with Jesus, that God was Jesus. And I wonder if in that moment, God let her in on a secret, that God allowed her to see beyond the cross, past the cross, that even though her son was dying, his story and her story wasn't completely written. I wonder if God allowed her to escape her pain for a moment to know that. I hope that he did because the following morning when Jesus was dead and he was really dead and hadn't risen, I wonder if Mary's hopelessness continued. I think it did. And I wonder if Mary felt in that minute, are you kidding me? Is this a joke? I mean, God, did I raise you and I raised this perfect man only for him to die and go away? You know, are you just mean, God? And he made her wait another day and another day. And then finally, Jesus rose from the dead. And her story continued to go on. God picked up the story where she felt he left off and he began to write the end of it. I believe, friends, that if you're at the point this Christmas where you feel out of control or despondent or you're in pain, maybe you're not in pain like Mary was, it doesn't matter. But if you are in pain, you need to know Emmanuel, that God is with you. And that just like with Mary, he will pick up your story where you feel you've ended it. God hasn't ended it. He will pick it up and he will continue to write it for you and for your child, no matter how old your child is. No matter if your child has died, God will finish your story. And God will help you turn the corner one way or another, just like with Emma. And he will bring the story to a good close because that's what God does. This Christmas, friends, you need to learn to live Emmanuel, to live with God with you. But here's the kicker. You need to be willing to open your heart just a little. 
to let God come in so that he can take over your story and be with you as he writes it, to love you as he finishes your story very, very well. It's all up to you, and I hope this Christmas, my friends, that you choose to live Emmanuel. Merry Christmas, my friends.